Welcome to the Realities of College Recruiting Podcast, where our team of former college coaches, players, and MLB scouts tackle the most critical college recruiting topics. With guests including college coaches, MLB pro scouts, and industry insiders, we will empower you with the tips and strategies needed to gain an advantage in your college recruiting process. The Sports Force Podcast is powered by our partner, Five Tool Baseball. Okay, let's start the show. Okay, everyone, it is 9 o'clock uh, here Eastern Time and 6 o'clock uh, Pacific Time. want to welcome everybody to our Sports Force Baseball Twitter space on finding the right fit. My name is Brian Pugh, and I am a college baseball recruiting advisor with Sports Force Baseball. Um, a little bit about myself before we introduce the rest of our panel. Um, I have 20 years of college baseball coaching experience every level from junior college uh, up to division one. And I spent 10 years as a division one recruiting coordinator. So um, I have seen this and experienced this on both sides of the plate, so to speak, uh, as you know, with working with families and with prospective student, uh, college student athletes um, as recruits, but also now advising um young men and their families and helping them navigate the college recruiting process. So uh, we have a couple other panelists on with us here this evening who will introduce themselves in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but a quick background on Sports Force Baseball. We have been in business for about 14 years now. Um, and we originally started, uh, like many others, where uh, we ran um, – combine style workouts and gave evaluations. And uh, as, as time evolved, we started getting a lot of questions from parents, from families um, about the recruiting process. And we have morphed ourselves into a group of advisors, uh, actually about 35 to 40 advisors um, who all have college coaching, college playing, um, as well as some that have uh, professional uh, playing and coaching experience. And we are here to help families navigate the recruiting process because it can be very overwhelming, um, very confusing. Um, and, and we have helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families navigate this process. Um, and the idea uh, and, and our mission is to help families and young men find the right fit. So um, our topic this evening of finding the right college fit is is very much um, just in line with with where we are philosophically as a company. We are a for profit business, and we do uh, partner with select families every single year um, in helping them navigate the recruiting process. So, um, and um, you know, so that's what we're here for. We are here to educate. We are here to uh, share our experience uh, and and knowledge and expertise with the masses. Um, but like I said, we do partner with select families every single year to help those families navigate the recruiting process. So with that, I want to uh, give our my fellow panelists um, a few seconds to introduce themselves. Um, I have the usual uh, cast of suspects uh, here with me this evening. Um, Coach Casey Dill, Coach Don Bray, Coach Corey Gardner, um, are all here. We've all been on Twitter spaces before. If you've listened to us before, thank you for coming back. I want to give each one of our panelists a chance to introduce themselves um, and let everybody know who they are, where they're coming from. So let's start out with Coach Dill. Coach Dill. 
fire away. The floor is yours. Yeah, this is a, a great topic, guys. F- finding the right fit. Um, looking forward to tonight's uh, conversation. This is a, a great panelist. We, we've done several of, of these uh, Twitter spaces now covering different college recruiting topics. Um, and we all genuinely care about just providing good information to the college recruiting community. So if you can, grab a pen, grab some paper. There is going to be some very valuable information in here tonight. The goal is to, to, to give everybody something um, to help you along your, your college recruiting journey. Uh, a little bit of background about myself. Um, I've been a college recruiting coordinator at the Division II NAIA and now the current, uh, currently the junior college level. I have a professional scouting background. I graduated Major League Baseball Scout School in 2015. I've scouted with the Blue Jays, the Braves, um, and now I'm a professional scout with the Frontier League and MLB Partner League. Um, so I have a, 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 I have a perspective from a lot of different um, uh, divisions and, uh, and levels of baseball. Um, so I'm looking forward to tonight's uh, topic. Last, last Twitter space we did, we had over 2,000 people uh, listen. So hopefully we can, we can reach that many people again tonight. We want to help as many people as we can. Um, if you do go to the Sports Force Twitter page, uh, the most recent tweet, um, we are offering a free college recruiting guide. All you got to do is retweet that tweet. And uh, within 24 hours, you will receive the official um, Sports Force college recruiting guide. So please go there, retweet, uh, retweet that, um, and we'll get that to your DM. Uh, by tomorrow but I'm really looking forward to tonight's topic we have an amazing panel love talking recruiting and baseball with these guys so looking forward to a great night thanks Casey really appreciate that and as I mentioned my name is Brian Pugh and and I'm operating from the sports force baseball uh, Twitter handle this evening but uh, throughout the evening we will if we have time uh, we will field questions from those who are listening and you can feel free to dm myself um, the Sports Force Twitter page, my personal Twitter handle is at Coach Pugh, P-U-G-H, 17, the number 17. Um, but you can feel free to DM the Sports Force account, myself. You can feel free to uh, DM Coach Dill, Coach Bray, um, and Coach Gardner. We'll, we'll get to those guys here in just a second. Um, but any questions that you have, feel free to DM, whether we answer them live um, or we answer them post-production, so to speak. Um, we will get to your questions, and, and we certainly appreciate those, and we want to make sure that we answer those. So without further ado, um, we're going to go to Coach Donald Bray. Coach Don Bray, go ahead and, and say hi to everybody and, and let us know where you're coming from, Don. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Coach Pugh. really appreciate it. Um, yeah, like uh, Coach Pugh said, you know, uh, happy to be back. You know, I coach at uh, College of the Desert Junior College down here in Southern California. Uh, before I was there, I was at Wabash Valley Junior College, one of the top junior colleges in the country um you know love being on these love helping you guys out whether you're a player mom dad aunt uncle you know just really trying to give all the information we can and uh answer as many questions as possible guys so thanks for joining us and hopefully we help you guys out thanks don and i know it's only going to be a matter of time before we hear that that patented coach bray line i know it and and i'll call it when i hear it so um we'll we'll just give it a little bit of time coach Corey gardner you've been on with us before glad to have you back um really have always appreciated the insight that you've given um just let everybody know who you are and where you're coming from yeah absolutely i appreciate it you guys add me back in uh you guys do a great job sharing you know vital information and sharing the truth and stuff like that 
So uh, anytime I can get on with you guys, I love doing it and uh, stuff. So uh, Corey Gardner, I'm uh, currently the uh, assistant coach at Georgia Southwestern State University down in America's Georgia. Uh, previous before that, I was at Southern Wesleyan in Clemson, South Carolina. I've been at the NAI level at a couple of different schools. Uh, kind of traveled all over trying to uh, get out, get my name, you know, in front of as many people and, you know, try and meet as many kids and stuff like that and try and help out in any way. So, uh, you know, you guys do a great job. Always love being on to share. You know, this topic is huge. Uh, you know, as coaches, we're out here, you know, being the recruiting coordinators at previous schools, we're out here trying to get, you know, the guys to our program. But at the same time, it's on you guys to find the right fit of, you know, what those key vitals are for, you know, uh, potential student athletes. So uh, a great topic tonight. I can't wait to uh, get into it, share some information, uh, get some questions going and stuff, because I think, you know, this is uh, a huge topic, especially with what you look for in the transfer portal of guys moving schools that, you know, didn't have that right fit to guys that are potentially coming up and stuff. So I uh, can't wait. Awesome. Thanks, Corey. Really appreciate it uh, and appreciate you being back. Um, we, we've been on several together now. I, I feel like it's, you know, it went from the, the BCD show to the BCDG show, or I'm sorry, the BCDC show. Um, as far as our panelists here when we've done these spaces. So really, really glad to have you back. Um, so our topic this evening is, is finding the right fit. And, you know, there's, there's a criteria that, that goes into finding the right fit. Um, and, and I think that where a lot of families, and, and I'm pretty sure that, that Casey, Don, and, and Corey would agree, the criteria is, is a little deeper than what most families, most young men uh, really think about uh, when it comes to evaluating schools that, that are recruiting them and that could potentially be a good fit for them. And, um, you know, we've kind of broken this down into, into seven different areas here this evening, and we're going to talk about all of them. The baseball part of it, believe it or not, is going to be the last part that, that we speak about. So, um, you know, the first thing that, that I want to talk about and, 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 and the first kind of criteria that I want to bring up is I want to bring up location um, because location, I think, is, is a very big and very realistic uh, criteria for families as they are going through the recruiting process. So I am thinking about the panelists that we have on here, former division one coach, division two coach, uh, former division two recruiting coordinator, and, and now, you know, a couple of JC coaches and things like that. Like location has a lot to do and a lot more to do with the decision-making process and finding the right fit than, than a lot of families want to think about. So um, I'm going to kind of go in order here where we introduce ourselves. I'm going to let coach Dill, I'm going to let Casey uh, kind of get the ball rolling here on how much how much does location have uh, or how much impact should location have to young men and families as they're going through the recruiting process? Yeah, that's a, 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 a great question. And I, and I would say this, and it's different for everybody else. Uh, I always lead when I'm talking with players and families, the more places, the more geographic places you're willing to go, the better chance you're giving yourself of finding um, everything else that checks the boxes in a baseball program in a college that you're looking for. Now, there are situations where people want to stay closer to home. You want to be in warm weather. 
you want to be around your family or you have family in certain, you know, geographic locations throughout the country. So you want to be in those spots, but the more places that you're willing to go, the better chances that you're giving yourself of finding a program that checks the boxes of everything else that you're looking for. And we'll talk about what those things are later in the space. But I know me personally, I've lived all over the country. I'm from Northern California. I currently live in, in Southern California, but before that I've lived in New Mexico. I've lived in Texas. Um, I lived in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, I briefly lived in Kansas and every time I'm moving, it's because I'm taking the next best opportunity for myself in baseball. And that's what it meant to me. I'm willing to go anywhere. I'm willing to live anywhere. It doesn't matter. Cold, hot. Um, you know, th th those things didn't matter to me. For me, it was always taking the next best opportunity wherever, wherever that was. And that allowed me to always take good opportunities because I wasn't afraid, you know. Um, for me, living in Missouri was, was, a, was, a, was a shock. I, I had never felt what zero degrees felt like. You know, I've, I never lived in a place that had snow, but to me, it's like those things I'm willing to adapt to because those aren't going to be reasons why I take the next best opportunity, you know? Um, and, and, and there are some people that go, I don't want to live in cold weather. Okay. I mean, I get it, you know, and that, and, and that's okay to feel that way. But if you can get past those things, you might find a baseball program in a college that checks every box that you're looking for. Maybe there's a school in a cold weather place that's willing to give you a full ride scholarship to go play baseball and get an education, you know? So for me personally, geographic location didn't matter for me. I'm always willing to take the next best opportunity. However, I do understand that there are a lot of different reasons why that, why people are or are not willing to go to certain places, you know? So what, whatever that is to you, um, that's okay. But I would say the more types of places and geographic places you're willing to go, the more opportunities you're giving yourself to find the right fit. Nope, absolutely. And um, for those of you uh, like myself, I'm in Virginia um, and, and have, you know, lived my entire life on the East Coast. Um, but I have, you know, done some recruiting and, and been out on the West Coast and things like that. And I've done that drive from Northern California to Southern California. For those of you that are unaware, uh, that, that transition from Northern California to Southern California, not just from a time standpoint, but also, I mean, it's a different climate, you know, change and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, hearing Coach Dill and, and talking about um, the different places that he's been, um, it, it, I think that that's very enlightening and, and very, um, very insightful as far as, you know, what's the best opportunity. So, uh, curious to hear from, from coach Gardner, from Corey, um, as far as where he is, cause he's in, he's in the, the Southeast and, um, you know, it's a little bit different there too. So, uh, coach Gardner, let me hear your thoughts and let us hear your thoughts, uh, as far as location goes. Hey, I'm just happy to hear that Coach Dill possibly has lived more places than me because I thought I lived all over the map. So, you know, <laughs> I uh, so kind of like, you know, Coach Dill said, you know, the more that you're kind of open to trying out new places, trying out new things is a, a huge thing for sure. Um, you know, I've lived in West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, uh, all different places looking for the best opportunity as well. So, uh, you know, kind of what he touched on is perfect. You know, the, the thing that I kind of look at also is, is, you know, really check yourself of what kind of, you know, what kind of metropolitan do you want a rural setting? You know, are those important? How far do you have to drive to the, the nearest mall 
or the movie theater, or are you looking for that place that has every chain restaurant, things like that. Um, you know, because that's something got to have a spot for Chick-fil-A. Oh, right? got to have a spot for Chick-fil-A. Absolutely. The, the Chick-fil-A's, <laughs> you know, the Chipotle's, whatever it may be, you know, the, that finds home for you. Because, I mean, a lot of guys get places or, you know, commit to places and they never actually get out on a visit or never got to really check out and make sure that, you know, it kind of checks the boxes or, you know, they're not comfortable with driving 15 minutes down the road to the next, you know, town to grab a, you know, go to the movies or go out to eat or to the mall. And things like that. And so, you know, it's kind of a culture shock. And then the next thing you know is the, the thing, uh, you know, the reasons and, you know, the unhappiness kind of compounds and starts building up. And the next thing you know is, is you know, you, you didn't find that right fit. So, uh, you know, really do your homework. Check, you know, check out, you know, what you like to do in your spare time. If you're a guy that has to have things to do, then, you know, uh, Salem, West Virginia, where I went and played at, was not the place for you. Uh, I had to drive 25 minutes to get to the local mall or Walmart. So, uh, you know, so, I mean, but I was okay with that. So, you know, the location is a huge thing. I kind of challenge on the other side of it than just, you know, opening up for where you're, you know, fine with living, but, you know, kind of look at what the, what's around campus and kind of those side or that side of things as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we mentioned, you know, rural versus urban and, um, there, there's obviously there's a huge difference and, um, I think that that something that some folks don't think about is um, that certain institutions like they, there are certain rules that that there are uh, for freshmen, especially um, not necessarily transfers, but freshmen where maybe freshmen are not allowed to have cars on campus because they want those students to uh, experience the campus life and you know, you may have to rely on on friends. You may have to rely on teammates who are older, who are allowed to have a car on campus to get you places. Or um, I think about my time at the University of Maine, uh, and I'm originally from Delaware, so I did I did 13 hours away from home. But it was it was the right fit for me for a lot of different reasons. But you know, I, I took the the uh, the local bus. Uh, that's how we got to to the mall and and did things like that. Um, so. You know, there, there's all those things that have to, you know, that come into location as well um, that that families need to take into consideration and, and think about when when choosing a school. Um, awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, would like to move on to the, the second um, attribute, if you will, as far as, um, you know, some factors that, that come into deciding on the right fit. Let's talk about size. Um, everybody has a different idea um, as far as the size of school that, that they would like to attend. And uh, I'll go to coach Bray first and, and coach Bray um, talk a little bit about, you know, different size schools and, and just maybe a little bit of your experience about players that you have had recruited, uh, whether it be at Wabash at college of the desert um, and, and big schools versus small schools, just kind of what are, what are some of the pros and cons from your end that you've seen, you've talked to your players about? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, size of school is always a factor with everybody, you know, no matter who you recruit or, you know, who we help out with our clients at sports force, everybody says, you know, Hey, I'd like to go to school in the city, or maybe I like the country more. I want to go to school with a lot of people, a little bit of people, you know, uh, when I was at Wabash, you know, we were in a town in uh, southeastern Illinois, uh, about 40 minutes from Evansville. 
you know, in Mount Carmel, Illinois, not a lot going on, gas station, couple restaurants. School was small, you know, 15 people do a classroom, sometimes even less, usually even less. Um, and it was a great place for a lot of our guys because most of our guys coming in there were dudes who needed to get it done in the classroom, get it done on the field, and they were going off to big programs or going to be professional dudes. Um, you know, uh, was not for everybody. We definitely lost a lot of recruits because we were in a small town, you know. Um, for me personally, I think it's better being in a small town as far as culture wise, cause it is a culture shot to a lot of guys, you know, uh, where I am now at college of the desert, you know, I'm at a junior college that it's the, really the only junior college, you know, in a 40 mile radius, really only college in like a 40 more, maybe even more mile radius. Uh, but it's, so it's a big school. It has a lot of students. Um, we have a lot of guys, you know, so, and I think it's great because uh, culture-wise, guys can get together and they can go to the mall. They can go to the movies very easily. Um, and recruiting here, it, it's different. Obviously, California recruiting the other recruiting, but you know, you wouldn't lose guys because of that thing of being a smaller, big town, smaller, big school. Um, you know, advantages. I think the biggest advantage with smaller schools is just it's more of a personal time. It's more you have more personal involvement. You know, you go to a school where you're in class with five to 10 other people, professors yeah. know your name. They care about your dad. Yeah. You know, um, they're going to know a lot about you. They're going to know, you know, your dog's name, things like that. And, you know, you maybe as an athlete, maybe you mean more to the, uh, the town, you know, maybe they get together to go watch the games, things like that. But everybody knows you around campus. It's a very intimate setting. I will say, um, as to a bigger school, you're not going to get that, but, you know, maybe you like the fact that there's always people around, there's always things to do. So, you know, there's no wrong answer there at all. It's, it's when you're talking about size of a school and what you're looking for, it's all personal preference. And I've never judged anybody that's told me, well, I want to go to a big school or I want to go to a small school, you know, because, you know, it's like we're talking about the right fit plays right into that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that you hit on, we'll call it a buzzword uh, there, Don. Um, I think that um, the word intimate, I, I think that, that that plays a big role uh, in things. And um, usually, uh, in my experience, um, young men and families that are from a smaller environment um, in, in, in town or city where they grew up, um, they, they tend to prefer a more intimate experience, uh, smaller class sizes, uh, smaller campus, easier to get around. You don't have to travel from, you know, building to building or uh, class to class by a shuttle and, and things like that. Um, but then there are those that, that you know, they, they want that experience and, and they want to be in a bigger metropolis. And, and so... I think that, that size is, um, and, and as we go through these criteria that we're going to talk about, I want everybody to, to understand that um, we, are, we are not saying that, you know, one way or another is the right or, or the wrong way. Um, we're, we're simply, you know, trying to talk about finding the right fit and understanding that it, it's a to each their own um, mentality and, and it's what you prefer. Uh, so we're just trying to, to provide some insight on what, 
um, some considerations are that that everybody you know should think about with with regards to their college selection process. So, um, yeah, but intimate's a great word, Don. It, it it's a great word, and um, some are looking for that more intimate. Some are looking, you know, are fine with with big class sizes, um, and and that's just you know that is what it is. So, um, moving on, um, let's talk about academic programs um, and, and maybe even more so the academic standing of an institution. How big of an impact uh, does that play in the decision-making process for uh, families, you know, student athletes and, and families? Um, like, like, where does that all sit? So uh, I'll let Coach Dill uh, get going on this with, with academic programs and standing of institutions. Yeah, and, and another, you know, a, a great thing to consider when, when, when trying to find the right fit. I completely understand when there's been a student athlete that has been a phenomenal student in high school, why they w- would want to go to a, a high academic school. Like, you know, a lot of high academic students that we recruit at the junior college level go, you know, I'm, you know, junior college just isn't for me. And I go, you know what? I get it. Not that junior college education is bad. At the end of the day, you can go to junior college for two years, transfer to a four-year, and you will get the same four-year degree than a student would that went to that school for all four years. However, I don't disagree when a family says, you know what, you know, we've been taking college-level courses since our junior year of high school, and we, we want to go to a, a, a high academic program. That's fantastic, and I think, first off, anyone that out there that is getting good enough grades to go to a high ed- academic program, congratulations, keep up the good work you're doing a great job, you know, and then it comes down to, okay, well, it, it is high academic number one, because there are some incredibly good high academic colleges that are division three schools. Some of the best academic colleges outside of the Ivy league, you know, are division three schools. So are you a person that values high academics? You know, is that number one? Are you a division one division two caliber athlete? And you're saying, I'm, I'm okay with going to division three, which is also really good baseball. I've had phenomenal division three, um, you know, college baseball has played for me in summer baseball over the years. So it's not a, and, a knock on that at, whatsoever, but yeah. And there's a lot of parody in, in college baseball right now too. So it, like, there's not that much discrepancy between one and three division wise. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, look at it this way. If you go to Wisconsin, they don't, in the entire state of Wisconsin, there is not a division one baseball team. The division three baseball there is arguably just as good as division two and some lower level division ones, other places in the country. So, um, and I don't want to get too far off topic here, but all, all levels of college baseball are good. Let's just, let's just say that every, every division, every sanction, every association of college baseball is good, is good baseball. And, and you're very blessed if you're able to wear a college baseball jersey for four years. So, um, but, but high academic programs, how important is it to you? Do you want to go to the best academic college no matter what and we'll settle for a baseball program? Do you want to – is it a balance of, hey, I want a high academic school that's also a great baseball program in a location that I'm willing to go to? You know, so it's – and we're going to continue to talk about, you know, the, the things that you should consider while cho- trying to choose the right fit, but – you know, academics for those that are high academic high school students, I, I, I totally understand why academics would be on the top of your list. We also, you know, at the junior college level, we get people that are 
you know, phenomenal, you know, division one, division two caliber baseball players. And they were terrible high school students. And they're coming to junior college to show that they can be college students, you know, mm-hmm. first to be able to transfer to a four year. So yep. for them, they don't have, they don't have much of a, uh, of a, of a choice, you know? And, um, so yeah, I, I, I think for high academic students, um, if, if a high academic program is a priority, I get it. And I also just want to point out, I was talking to the parent of a student the other day. We have a, you know, a 4.0 uh, high school student in our program right now. We told them the other day, like, hey, athletically, you're going to probably have to redshirt this year. We've got 21-year-old sophomores that we've got to move on, and, and their playing time is a priority over yours. Not a knock at him, but um, – and, and, and the parents' argument was, well, we could have gone to this school and this school and, and, and got a great education. And I said, that's, that's fine. He could be here for two, three years, transfer at that point, and still get the same great education and the same degree as someone was there for four years. So – Take that into consideration. I think I, th- I think you know that's something that isn't talked about a lot. That that uh, you know a lot of people overlook. Coach Gardner, care to chime in there? Oh, oh! Thought we lost Coach Gardner. I think he's back. Coach Gardner, are you there? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry about that. I uh, there he yeah, is. Sorry about that. That's okay. I lost connection somehow. That's I'm fine. Trying to get back in. So yeah, no. Uh, yeah, well, you're in, you're in, you're in Southwest Georgia. We're we're good. I mean, you know, there, there's Lake there's Lake Point, and that's about yep, it. Yep, exactly. And then you get south, and then the next thing you know is you just look for that Florida line. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, fire away. Talk about talk about academics and and things like that. I mean, every institution, every level is different. Talk about how the academic fit, programs, profile, all that stuff play into the uh, the, the decision making process. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you know I, I was able to listen there at the end of what Casey was saying, but you know the biggest thing is that I always see is, is guys need to find what kind of fit if they are okay with being in a you know a lecture hall of you know two three hundred people, or if they want the you know that feel of having you know where the professor knows them by name, the professor knows you know, what's going on, if they have a cat, dog, whatever it may be, and they get that one-on-one help. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing is, is just finding what kind of, what kind of, you know, learning environment is best for you. Uh, what kind of, you know, chances, you know, if you're a guy that is looking for a little bit more for setting yourself up for the future and, you know, you're going into a degree path that, you know, it matters what the name is a little bit more on the diploma, then, you know, it kind of narrows down your list of finding that right fit. Um, but at the same time, if you're looking for something a little bit more general, like the business fields or, you know, some of these other things, um, you know, it kind of opens up the door a little bit more. Not saying, you know, not putting a knock on schools that are very well known for business or, you know, some of these different fields. But it's like, you know, at the same time, uh, it's got to be the right environment. Um, and then also on top of that, you know, uh, speaking with the coaches and what, what kind of special help you know, they put in. So like, you know, here at GSW, we sit there and put a, a high focus on making sure that we put academics first. So, you know, if a, a student, you know, ever has something going on where, you know, they need to, you know, miss out on practice or make sure they get to the tutoring or whatever it may be, we put that as a very high priority uh, just because we want to make sure they're setting mm-hmm. themselves up for success. We also do study tables and some of those things to make sure our guys are staying on top of their classwork and you know, are making sure that they're, you know, earning that high grade point average and stuff like that, because there's also, you know, 
grants and other money coming from the state that kind of matters on your GPA. So uh, all that, right. all of that kind of factors in, you know, making sure that you find, you know, find the right home that, you know, what the class sizes are, what kind of professors, you know, is it somewhere that has a lot of online or is it more in-person classes? Uh, you know, what kind of environment you learn better in just all that, you know, is a, a very important thing for academics in my standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, no, that, that, that's all great. Um, between Casey, <clears throat> excuse me, Corey, uh, both, both points, both perspectives, uh, very, very good, very valuable, um, and, and appreciate those. Uh, for, for those of you who are just tuning in uh, right now, you've joined the Sports Force Baseball uh, Twitter space here. We're talking about finding the right fit, and, and that's what, from a company standpoint, that's what Sports Force Baseball is all about. We're, we're here to help families, a select number of families every single year, find the right fit. Uh, and there's a lot of criteria that go into finding uh, that right fit and, and, and doing that. So we're here to talk about those uh, this evening. Um, our, our panelists, myself, I'm Brian Pugh. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Pugh, P-U-G-H 17, the number 17. Uh, we've got Casey Dill. We've got Dom Bray. Uh, and we've got Corey Gardner uh, from Georgia Southwestern. Um, follow all of us on, on Twitter. Um, we will have some time uh, built in at the end where you can ask questions um, and you can feel free to DM those to the sports force Twitter page. You can DM those to any of the panelists, even though I'm not listed on there right now, cause I'm working under the sports force um, uh, Twitter handle, uh, but feel free to DM us questions or you can also um, request permission um, and, and access to, to speak live. And we will answer questions live here on the air as we go through the evening. Um, but again, talking about the right fit. Um, one of the key factors in, in finding the right fit for us is understanding exactly where you are in the recruiting process. And one of the services that we offer, we do offer a complete college recruiting um, consultation slash evaluation in, in which, you know, we take 45 minutes to an hour and we go through, um, you know, a video assessment, metrics assessment, assessment, so on and so forth of, of a student athlete, a prospective student athlete, I should say. Um, and also, you know, spend the time talking about what the game plan is that you and your family are currently doing right now. Um, and, and also offer some, some um, feedback and some tips as far as ways that you can bolster that. And if that's something that you're interested in, uh, feel free to DM the Sports Force account. Feel free to DM myself, Casey, uh, Don. Um, it is $199 uh, with some some built-in features um, as far as recruiting guides and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but if that's something that you're interested in, feel free to send us a DM and we will um, set you up with, with one of our advisors um, to be able to go through that complete college recruiting evaluation uh, so that you know exactly where you stand because, honestly, that's one of the biggest – um, things that I think that families and we feel like families need to know is exactly that, that third party unbiased evaluation of, of where your student athlete stands. So um, continuing on here with our discussion this evening about finding the right fit, want to talk a little bit. There's some unique factors that come into play with families when talking about, you know, what's the right fit for our family? 
Um, and and I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go ahead and chime in on this and and kind of take the take the lead on this. Um, there are some unique extenuating factors that that families do consider um, when it comes to the the um, evaluation of uh, a potential fit. Um, and and you know some of those we've talked about the geographic. Um, you know, variable that's involved. We talk about the academic programs and standing. You know, if, if you're a young man that's looking for a high, in, uh, high academic um, institution, um, you know, along the Ivy League, NESCAC, um, something along those lines, um, you know, an Occidental, um, Claremont Mud Scripps out on the West Coast, you know, those sorts of schools, super high academic institutions. Um, there's also... Um, those institutions that do have a um, religious, um, you know, background and affiliation to them, um, there's a lot at every single level um, that a lot of families say that that we want that experience. That's that's you know the type of high school that we went to, um, and we want those values um, to carry over into the college experience. Um, so. We're not going to spend a, a ton of time on that because that is a, a very um, that's a very touchy subject. But that's something that is uh, of consideration for a lot of families that we have we have as advisors um, have heard. Um, so we just wanted to make sure that we mentioned that yes, that is a re- very 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 realistic. Um, criteria for a lot of families and um, we acknowledge that and appreciate that and respect that and um, that's something that again uh, like everything else here in our discussion this evening is a to each their own um, scenario so but uh, we do want to make sure that we acknowledge that and um, um, there are plenty of institutions out there that that you know are uh, that follow a whole lot of demographics um, uh, just there, there's a whole lot out there. Um, so moving on, uh, let's talk about the, the budget, the cost of attendance factor, the financials that come into play with everything. And I'm going to defer to, um, we're going to go to Coach Bray first as far as talking about the budget, cost of attendance, um, in, it, the financials that come into play and, and how big of a consideration is that for families as they go through this recruiting process, Coach Bray? Yeah, you know, I think financials is always going to be either the biggest or one of the biggest things when choosing a school. And if it's not for you, awesome. That's great. If, you know, if finances don't aren't an issue, that's great. Opens up a lot of doors. But I do think for the average person, it's probably going to be the top or one of the top two or three, you know, um, because – Unfortunately, college is expensive, you know, uh, no matter where it is, no matter what you do, it is expensive, you know, so um, it's always going to be up there. Uh, what is great, though, is the fact that a lot of schools have scholarships or, you know, whether they're academic or athletic or they can give you in-state tuition, you know, they can do all these different things for you. Um, you know, I think uh, the biggest thing, first and foremost, you know, is understanding what your budget is or where your budget is. And that's obviously a conversation that is a little tough for some people to have, but, you know, sitting down with your family and saying, Hey, you know, what is ideal for us, you know, and then how does that fit into my college choice? You know, uh, 
you know, if I'm, if I'm going to go to, if I'm high academic, just want to keep playing ball, you know, where do I want to go? You know, or is JUCO an option? You know, there's, it, it always play financials are always going to play in the decision. Unfortunately they have to, right. Um, you know, it, it would be awesome if everybody could just go where they wanted, but, but it's okay because, you know, schools have so many resources, you know, in, to help people out now and help kids out. Um, you know, I think when, uh, you know, we're talking with our guys about the finances part of school, we tell them, you know, hey, find out what is your month or what is your yearly budget? You know, that's a big one to move them forward or, you know, find out, you know, how much money you can get from FAFSA or how much academic money do you qualify for? You know, and then we start talking about, again, grades because grades are huge. The bigger, better grades you have, the more academic money you can have. So um, I think it's always big. Like I said, I think it's always going to be huge. Uh, biggest thing about that is do your research, right? It's, um, you know, find there out. There it was. Yeah. There it was. It, it, We're 42 it, minutes in. There it was. Exactly. <laughs> it, it only took me a while. but A new know, record. <laughs> it's always – you know, you, th- there's always something you look up, you know, there's scholarship money out there, there's grants available, there's, there's so many options out there available. But, you know, that is in choosing a school, the financial part is going to be the thing you want to be most educated in, because you don't want to get through the whole process and find out you can't afford a school or anything like that. Yeah, the cost of higher education is it, it's not a cheap proposition. Um, and, and understanding what your family can afford, um, what you're willing to um, undertake post-graduation. Um, that, that's something that I think that a, a lot of families um, and a lot of young men maybe overlook is, you know, yeah, sure, there's loans involved in everything, um, but those loans have to be repaid. And uh, you hear stories about people uh, and, and individuals who, whether they're student-athletes or not student-athletes, they're still paying off student loans, you know, 15, 20 years, <clears throat> excuse me, 15, 20 years after they have graduated. So um, keeping that that loan amount as as small as possible to keep that that payment as much as possible, I think is a big thing. Um, but, yeah, I don't I don't foresee the cost of higher education. Um changing anytime in the near future. And um, it's just something that I think that, that families need to be aware of. Um, curious to, to hear coach Gardner's uh, thoughts on the, the, you know, the cost aspect of things. Absolutely. So no, uh, overall costs is, you know, just seems to keep trending up at a lot of universities. Unfortunately uh, I've worked at, you know, universities that were anywhere from, uh, where I am now, the in-state or surrounding states are right around $6,100 all the way up to um, $35,000, $36,000 a year. So uh, unfortunately, you know, the cost of education is not cheap. Um, but there's, you know, there's key parts of, you know, of making it work and, you know, finding finding ways to get as many scholarships, applying for as many scholarships or grants or anything like that that you can, you know, possibly uh, apply for will help open the doors for, you know, you to kind of have more schools to choose from. Um, the better student you are, um, opens up a lot more academic money. Um, you know, every, every time I talk on, you know, on funds and, you know, overall cost, I tell everybody the same exact number of 11.7, uh, 
uh, scholarships at the Division One level, nine at the Division Two level, uh, Division Three unfortunately zero. NAI is twelve if fully funded, and then the junior college levels are a little bit different. And so nowhere in that does it really show that you can cover an entire roster of baseball players. So uh, finding the right fit uh, of what you can afford, uh, finding if, you know, if it's going to that junior college level for a couple of years, uh, there's no shame in that. It, you know, it helps out get your, you know, associates. It gets a lot of the prerequisites out of the way, kind of gets you into a, a degree focus. Uh, and kind of get, starts getting some of the classes out of the way for a lot cheaper. Now, the granted, there is some junior colleges that are a little bit more expensive, but uh, at the same time, there's a lot that are a little bit cheaper uh, per credit hour, and it kind of opens up that you can save, you know, save money for a couple of years, and then open up the door to pay a little bit more at the, on the back half. Um, you know, unfortunately, like I said, college isn't cheap, uh, but doing your research and you know, communicating with the admission staff, with the coaching staff. Uh, and kind of and adding outside fun or outside costs of you know if you have a vehicle uh, if you need to get textbooks all those things are you know costs that kind of are hidden that are important to have uh, and make sure that you kind of cover everything <clears throat> just because the last thing you want to do is get to a place you really enjoy or you love being there you're finding you know more and more things to check the box and unfortunately it doesn't work out because you can't afford it in the long run so uh, you know, checking costs and making sure you kind of do your homework to plan out for, you know, whatever time you're there is very, very important in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, maybe the best analogy for this is is going and buying a car. And, you know, everybody sees what the sticker price is, um, but there's always discounts involved. Um, so it's kind of that actual cost versus the MSRP. Um, with when you buy a vehicle. Um, the thing that everybody needs to be aware of is when you figure, when college is figuring cost of attendance, what they are basing those numbers off of, that, that bottom line number, um, they are basing that off of tuition, room and board, um, and, and fees. That, that's what they're basing that off of. What is left out of the equation is books, um, transportation to and from, the institution, whether that be a JC, whether that be a four-year school, um, there are costs associated with attending a, a college that are not necessarily included in that price tag that you see online. Um, so you have to figure all those sorts of things in. And, you know, a, a great thing, a great example would be a, a parking permit. And, and, and Coach Gardner kind of touched on that a little bit. You're going to have a car on campus. Like how much is, how much does that cost per year for me to be able to park my car on campus? It might be $600 a semester and that's $1,200 a year folks. And when, you know, when you're talking about, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, to tack on another $1,200 that is not able to be covered by any kind of scholarship, whether that be athletic or academic. Like those things all add up, and those are all things that need to be taken into consideration when you're considering, um, you know, whether or not a school. Uh, I, I know that that's not the deciding factor, but you know, bottom line is bottom line. So um, you need to know how much things are going to cost you um, in the long run because the you know, a couple hundred dollars here, a couple hundred dollars there, that all adds up. Okay. Um, 
we're down to um, kind of our last two topics uh, within finding the right fit, or, or I should say um, <clears throat> items of discussion for finding the right fit. Um, like I said, we're saving the last one uh, and probably maybe the most, what everybody thinks is the most relevant one for last. Um, but before we get into the last two, again, you're on with the Sports Force uh, Baseball Twitter space here with, you know, Coach Pugh, uh, College Baseball Recruiting Advisor with Sports Force Baseball. You're on with Coach Dill, Coach Bray, uh, all with Sports Force Baseball. And you're on with Coach Corey Gardner um, from Georgia Southwestern. Um, we're here talking about finding the right college fit and the things that are most important or we feel that should be the most important for families as they as they go through the college recruiting process and, and decision making process. So the last two that we're going to get to, uh, the first one is admissions. Um, and, and this one should be uh, pretty cut and dry for for every division, every level. Um, but uh, we'll start out with uh, with Coach Dill. Um, cause you've been quiet here for a few minutes. I know, you know, probably choking down some general so's chicken or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you know it. Um, you know, it, baby, um, talk about the admissions process, um, and, um, how that plays into the, you know, the decision-making process and finding the right fit for college bound student athlete. Sure. Yeah. You can, uh, you know, you can determine that a baseball program is the right fit for you in, in a, a baseball program in a college, I should say. It checks every box that I'm looking for. If you are unable to get into the school, if you do not get accepted to that school, then all of those things that helped you determine that this is the perfect baseball program for me, the coaches want me, you know, uh, they said I'm going to have a chance at playing right away. They offered me a big scholarship, whatever it is. If you can't get into the school, then all of that other stuff doesn't matter. You know, and being a student athlete, there are things that can be done to, to get around certain barriers, but not all of them. If you, if you are not academically able to get into the college, if you, if you cannot get accepted to a college, then, you know, through the admissions process, then, all of that research and all of that work that went into determining this school is the one that I want to go to all of the work that went behind the coach recruiting you, um, and, and, and trying to get you into the school campus visits, all this stuff, none of that stuff matters. If, if, uh, if you can't get accepted by admissions, you know? So, um, I, I encourage guys sometimes early on, just start applying to schools, like see if you can get in. Sometimes, especially for our junior college guys, like, hey, if you can tell the coach, I've already been accepted. I'm in the college. I've, I've been accepted. I can get into school there. That makes it a lot easier for the coach to, to make a scholarship offer and, 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 and to invite you to campus and, and, and to do those um, kinds of things. And sometimes there is a, an application uh, fee uh, that, that goes along with applying to school. So I'm not saying openly and freely apply to every school that you're interested in. If you can narrow it down to five to ten schools where you say, hey, these, these check all of the boxes uh, for a college and a baseball program that I'm interested in. It's in a geographic location I'm interested in. Financially, it's, it's within my budget. It's worth me taking the step of spending that whatever it is, 40, 50 bucks to see if I can get accepted to the school. Um, I know when I was at, you know, New Mexico Highlands, a division two school in the, in the Rocky mountain athletic conference, when a junior college player could, or, or even a high school player could be like, Hey, I've been accepted to the school. 
that was that was one less step that I had to take to to make sure that I wanted to recruit that player. I've also gone Bingo. through the entire recruiting process <laughs> only to to realize that the the, the student athlete couldn't get into the college <laughs> and for me and for any college coach as much time and as many people that we work with to put that much time and effort into someone just to find out they can't even get into the college is uh is, dagger. It's, it's disappointing dagger. it's a dagger it's a dagger. dagger in the heart it's a dagger in the heart and i've you know i've wasted those hours i mean to be completely honest those hours are wasted for me and i sh- and i could have been spending them on someone that that could get into the college um so i don't want to be long-winded but the the ability to be accepted by ad- admissions and you know to know that you are accepted into that college makes the recruiting process so much easier coach Gardner, anything you want to add there I don't think there's anything I can add. Coach <laughs> Dill just blew that out of the water. Like, that was awesome. Blown out of the water. Blown out of the water. You know what? This is why I love being on with the three of you guys, because we're all just so honest and, and so real. And and quite honestly, folks, at Sports Force Baseball, that, that's, that's what we're about. We're about being honest. We're about being real. And, um, you know, we, we want to guide everybody to the best of our ability and based on our knowledge. And um, but like Coach Gardner said, Coach Dill just, I mean, he hit a home run there, man. Like, like he hit every single point that I think any one of us could have possibly thrown in there. So I don't know if the ball has even landed yet. Like, I think it's still going. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not. You, you guys did this... such a good job on the last subject. I feel like I had to. I had to step up my game. So I appreciate. Well, no, it. dude, dude, we 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 threw you a three zero fastball right there, a little three zero three zero BP fastball, and, and and you did exactly what you did. You just you just drove it out of the park. That was fantastic. Belt was high awesome. down the middle. I appreciate it. <laughs> that was awesome. Okay. Well, you know what? That's great that, you know, there's not a lot of follow-up uh, to, to that because now we're, now let's get into the last part. And I think that this is the part that everybody um, has, has sort of been holding on to hear um, that everybody wants to hear about. Let's talk about the baseball side of things because that is a huge part and a huge factor in everybody's decision-making process. So, um, you know, I, I personally think that there there's three or four different considerations um, within the baseball side of things that uh, young men and that families should be looking at when, when you're considering the baseball side of things. And let, let's first talk about opportunity. Um, I, let, let's go, let's let coach Bray weigh in on this first. How big, how big, of an impact does opportunity have coach Bray for these young men that are looking to play college baseball and are going through the recruiting process right now? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. You know, I guess I think every coach in America says, you know, Hey, all you need is an opportunity or, you know, every platform for recruiting talks about, you know, just needing an opportunity. And it's true. You know, um, so many kids get recruited through, you know, an opportunity that maybe even wasn't theirs at the beginning, you know, uh, I mean, a good example of that, we had a four year, uh, come to our practice the other day, was there to watch the pitcher. One of our position guys hit a home run, you know, now that four year is interested in that kid, you know, it's opportunity, 
you know, um, opportunities come in many different shapes or forms, whether they're camps, whether they're showcases, tournaments you guys are playing in, you know, practicing, you know, recruiting emails, Twitter, DMs, video, you know, it, there's so many different types of opportunity now. You know, it used to just be coach had to come see you at the field and that was your opportunity to show out. Well, now it's, you know, hey, I really like the video I saw scrolling through Twitter one night, you know, while I was watching TV. You know, it's a, it, you know, it's, it's a totally different ball game now. And the opportunity has become so much more than just, you know, hey, I just got a pair of eyes on this kid. You know, so many more kids can get their info out there. So many more kids have the opportunity to be recruited. Um you know, it, it, it's, it's incredible really, you know? Yeah, it, it definitely is the, just the avenues. Um, like you said, uh, Don and, and the platforms, there, there's just so many that are out there and um, each one has their individual impact on, on the process. And those impacts could be positive or negative. Um, there are, there are some, you know, platforms and instances where, it uh, it works out <laughs> not in favor of the prospective student athlete, but there's just so many ways for young men to get their names out there and to get on people's radars to the extent where, yeah, now coaches don't even need to go out and see them play. They they go watch, you know, they 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 get hooked on them uh, through Twitter or they get hooked on them through whatever social media platform. Um, and next thing you know, boom, there's a scholarship offer. Uh, and I know coach Dill, you, you've mentioned this on some Twitter spaces that we've done in the past. Um, you, you guys have had players that have been offered just based on what they've put on Twitter, correct? Yeah, hundred percent. Twitter is a, a very powerful platform. And, uh, to speak, uh, you know, precisely to the, to the guy you're talking about, we, we, we put video on Twitter, junior college player played one year of junior college, had good numbers. Academically, he was ready to transfer COVID-wise. He was still a sophomore on the field. And he was offered a full-ride scholarship to play at a Division I university based off of video we put on Twitter. Good for him. And and, and there was conversation that we had to do with the coaches on the back end. But the video we put on Twitter started the conversations. So – Twitter is powerful. Social media is powerful. And I think one thing that COVID taught us, every college coach in America at every level, is that, you know, we have, you know, some colleges have a large budget to go recruit different places and some colleges have no budget. But what I think everybody learned was you can use Twitter as a platform to find talent. And if that saves me a flight, if that saves me a rental car, if that saves you know, the, the, the baseball budget, a hotel room and food and all that kind of stuff. And I can do a similar type of recruiting just by scrolling through my Twitter and looking at videos, then I'm going to do that. And, and, and I don't think that will ever change, even though, you know, COVID is gone and restrictions are gone. You know, people learned that, hey, this is a powerful platform. And if it means I can recruit without, without having to leave the comfort of my home, then that's great. And I'm going to do that. Free recruiting. Free recruiting. Bring them to me. That I, that I can I can say this because at the time I was doing it, and it the, my mindset was that's fine. <laughs> I can't go anywhere because, mind you, when COVID set in, it was it, almost 19 months where Division One schools could not go out and 
actively recruit, could not go watch players play. And everybody very quickly adapted. And maybe that's the best word is there was adaptation in everything. And coaches went, that's fine. You know what? Let them come to me. They'll come to me. That's fine. And, and I hate to be, I hope that that doesn't sound egotistical, but college coaches, they, they follow different apps. They follow different, you know, people on Twitter that, you know, you put out good stuff and it, it's, it's not that it's made it easy because it's not easy because so many players are now involved and, and in tune to that, you know, avenue of recruiting and, and just that social media platform. But it's like, man, just, okay, let me go check my Twitter every, every three or four hours and see what's come across and see if there's anything I like it. it I hate to say shooting fish in a barrel, but it's shooting fish in a barrel. Um, you just, you know, you watch and you see what you like. So, um, awesome. That's, that's awesome insight. Um, okay. Keeping on, you know, with the baseball side of things, um, development, uh, that's something that, that student athletes, um, pr- prospective student athletes and families, I mean, we're very much in tune with right now, uh, because we know how much metrics play a, a part in everything. Uh, not just from a college recruiting standpoint, but from a professional, um, you know, from a draft standpoint, metrics are big right now. Development is big right now. Like, talk to us about, you know, Coach Gardner, why don't, why don't you take the lead on, you know, how much the development side of things plays into things. You know, guys having a chance to develop at programs, like, how does that impact the right fit? Absolutely. I was actually hoping that this question came to me, so I'm glad you uh, started off with it. You're so. welcome. I hope <laughs> that you knock this out of the park like Casey did. Just go ahead. Knock it out of the park. No pressure. Absolutely. Absolutely. No pressure at all, huh? Now. So anyways, but on to the development. So yeah, you know, you got the biggest thing is, is asking questions, uh, you know, to the, you know, already student athletes there asking questions to the coaches, finding out, you know, the information, trying to make it out, you know, if it's watching practice, whatever it may be, or seeing a workout, you know, finding out what they do, what their practice, you know, what their practice plans look like. Are they a team that rolls out the ball? You know, you hit BP, you get some uh, ground balls and you go home or, or are they a team, you know, or are they a program that really hones in on the, the backside of things of, you know, what they're going to do, uh, you know, to get you ready? Are they going to, do, you know, have different drill works? Are they going to have, you know, different planning? Are they going to, you know, put the, put the information in front of you for the middle game? You know, all those things are very important for the development of each kid. Uh, each kid learns differently. Um, you know, I can tell you as far as my my you know point is, I sit there and I I video every single kid. I get every single kid's rap soto numbers. I get every single thing I can to have the information for them uh, to one sit there and you know show where they've been, and then we put together. I've done a uh, entire program uh, that maps out the entire fall of development and what we do biweekly and how we sit there and capitalize on all these things. And then we sit there and do a midway point check and then a end of the uh, fall check and stuff to, just to make sure that guys are getting the development and getting the understanding of what we're really trying to do here at GSW. That's what we do. Every program is a little bit different, but the biggest thing is, is, you know, and you kind of touched on it, the, you know, making it to the next levels, the analytics and the, the numbers and all that stuff is very important. So, 
you know, finding a program that, you know, if that's a, a big focus for you, finding a program that, you know, puts, has the technology or has the opportunity for you to get the, you know, to get those numbers and kind of show growth as you, you know, as you progress through your years and uh, when you become eligible and stuff. But, you know, the biggest thing is, is just making sure that you, you communicate with as many people as possible to find out what the development plan looks like. And, you know, and I, I hate to say it, but there's programs at every single level at the division one level, the division two junior college D three NAIs the you know, they look for the best possible players and they don't worry about, you know, how they're going to get you better. And then there's other programs that that's all they want to do is take a kid from one level to, you know, the higher levels and, you know, just finding that home that, you know, is what you need and what you want um, is very vital. Yeah, that that's all great. And all three of you, um, Don Casey, you know, Corey, stay on, stay on muted. Um, I, I'm curious because this can just be an, be an open thing. I, I personally think that there's two um, things that young men and families need to evaluate. Corey, what you just mentioned right there as far as the individualization of everything. Um, I think that the, the trend for young players right now with private instructors, lessons, so on and so forth, um, is that everything is individualized. So could, could all three of you maybe kind of just chime in in, in a round table, uh, a quick round table, as far as what are the thoughts with regards to taking the team goals and philosophies, but also incorporating individual goals so that they help to um, reach benchmarks that, that they help to um, that they fit into those those team um, philosophies if, if that makes sense does that make sense to all three of you guys just just fire away go ahead yeah that makes sense and I'll chime in and I'll make it quick because I do think it's a good topic and I think everyone will have something good to add, you know, um, yeah, there has to be individual development at every level of college baseball because there's always a higher level to achieve, whether you're at the highest level of division one, whether you're at the lowest, the, the, the lowest level of anything else, there's always something better to achieve. So if you're not there to develop and get better, then what are you doing? And, and of course, every college coach is, is trying to win games and move players on because, He's, you know, most likely uh, either fighting, fighting to, for his next job, right? Like that's that's kind of how it works for coaches too. Just like how how it works for players, everyone's always he's gonna get paid. To move up. He's gonna get paid. Got to get paid. That's right. Players, coaches, we're we're all tr- we're, we're we're all trying to move up. So there has to be a player development aspect, and I think the lesson learned in that for for all the high school players uncommitted players out there listening is like look college baseball becomes a job really quick i will say this at college of the desert this morning we have a certified personal trainer that ran our guys through a one hour uh weight room uh it it, it was a consistent one hour weight room experience where the workout did not end for one hour from the beginning to the end for that whole hour, our guys were working out and developing and getting stronger, getting bigger, you know, um, and, and, and every player has an individual thing that they're trying to achieve, you know, um, 
whether it be speed, strength, all these, you know, all, whatever their strength is. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, look, when you get to college baseball, development should be a part of it. If the college program is not trying to develop you, then, then they're not doing enough. And any good college program is it's going to be hard. You're going to be up at 6 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever it is, and you're going to be working very hard while most people are sleeping to try to prepare yourself to be at whatever the next level is. You know, and that's the player development aspect. We do conditioning. We do strength. We do, you know, individual work. All of that stuff is to develop individuals to get the most out of those individuals so they can continue to advance their career, you know. And and as a result – if everyone is doing their part to better themselves, to advance themselves, then the team should, as a result, get better, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, there's sacrifices you will have to make for the team, you know, along the way. However, any good college program, it should be hard. It should be, it should push you to your breaking point in the weight room, in the conditioning, in the individual work, you should be pushed to your limit. And if you are pushed to your limit to the point where you consider, why am I doing this? <laughs> if, if, if it makes you consider, why are you doing this? Then, then that's as far as it, as it should go. And that's when you know that you are at the point where you are improving yourself and you're getting better individually and you're developing to the point where you're able to hopefully advance. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a rock star answer, man. Rock star answer. Um, Corey, Don, anything you guys would like to add in there? Yeah, Don, no. I, just... I know this is hard for you, Don, because you guys, because you and Corey work together. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but either either one of you, anything you want to add? Yeah, no. The only thing I was just going to add on that is, you know, if if it's not a challenge, then you're not getting anything out of it. And you know, Casey touched on it perfectly. If if you're not, you know, if it's not hard, then you know, it's it's not getting you better uh drills or, or practices or the weight room all those things are meant to be tough and you know and if it, if it's not for you then you know you're just going through the motions and you're not getting the full ex- full extent out of it awesome yeah no you're right um and and there is there's a fine line um there's a fine line between staying within uh, a team concept and and what you're trying to accomplish as a team, but also what you're trying to accomplish as an individual. And um, it's uh, like I said, it, it's a very fine line. Um, and but on both sides, you're always looking to move forward because you always want to win. You always want to win games, and I think that that's something that in amateur sports and youth sports is something that uh, people shy away from talking about is the want to win and winning is fun yeah everybody talks about having fun we want to we want to enjoy our time together and and have fun you know what you can have fun but i can winning makes having fun more fun um but at the same time like you you have to develop as an individual so there there's a balance and it's a fine line between development as an individual and staying within the team concept. And I I think that with a lot of the protocols and a lot of the things that are in place right now, uh, between driveline, Rapsodo, you know, pitch, like all those sorts of things that are out there, 
I think that there's a lot of emphasis on individual development and those players that can take their individual development and place that into the team concept and the coaches that can say, okay, here's our team concept and here's what we want to accomplish um, from a winning standpoint and how can each individual player develop and help us win games. I, that, that's the perfect balance. Um, and, and I think that baseball is one of the unique sports uh, in, in the world that, that gives us the freedom uh, and the ability to do that. So uh, very well said by, by everybody and, and, and both guys. Um, you know, continuing on um, with our last, uh, well, we've got two more little, little subtopics here. <clears throat> and the first one can be um, sort of, a, it, this was a nice segue. I want to talk about the coaching staff. Coaching staffs at an institution that you're considering going to, how important is the coaching staff? Uh, Coach Bray, why don't, why don't you fire into this one? Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, coaching staff obviously plays a huge part in recruiting because they're the ones recruiting you, right? Um, you know, it's, it's really great to, you know, be able to, again, do your research about what the coaching staff is, who they are, um, where they've been at you know, what they've done, you know, you can honestly find a lot out about a coach and what he's about from, you know, maybe what his bio says or what his Twitter's like, or, you know, what people know about him. Um, you know, and, and the other thing with like coaches and recruiting, you know, most times, you know, programs have what they like to recruit. They kind of have a, um, you know, like the type of players they like to recruit is very similar, you know, as they're going through. So you can, tend to look up like you know do they bring in guys at my position that are like me you know like I'm a 6'4 215 pound shortstop with some power and their shortstop's a speedster with a leadoff hitter you know maybe it is a fit maybe it's not but you know the the coaching staff is huge you know you want a coaching staff that's going to come in there and help you develop like Casey said because if a program isn't going to help you develop you know it's probably not the right fit for you you know uh what their philosophies are are huge you know um what their impact on the community is like, you know, uh, there, there's so many factors when, you know, when choosing a school, you know, coaching staff is definitely up there with, you know, how the programs run, what do they do? Um, you know, how do they handle, uh, you know, phone calls, conversations is just the recruiting coordinator and the head coach doing the recruiting is everybody out doing the recruiting, things like that. There's a lot of different factors that play in with it. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, Casey, Corey, anything to add? Yeah, I'll add in. Um, man, you want to go to a place where you're wanted. If the, if, if the coaches on that staff are putting in a lot of effort to contacting you, seeing you know, how practices are going, how games are going, if they're showing up to your games, if they're – you know, first and foremost, you, you don't want to force yourself into a situation where the coaches aren't very interested in you. You want to go to a place where you are wanted. So take into consideration the effort that the coach is putting into you in, in, in the recruiting process, because that's probably, you know, a similar indication of the amount of effort they're going to put into you as a player while you're in their program. 
you know, I, I put more effort into recruiting players that I want than I put into players that I kind of want versus I don't want. Right. You know, that's just kind of how it is. So, um, try to find a program where you'd have an, or you can develop a strong relationship with the coaching staff and you know that they want you, you want to be wanted. And, uh, that's going to open up so many more opportunities at that program for you. If, if you, if you know, you're going to a program where the coaches want you to be there. Yep. hundred percent. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to move on. Uh, here and uh, Corey, uh, I'll let you lead here on this last part. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk right now, rightfully so, uh, about roster situation. And there's um, a lot of play in rosters with transfer portal, uh, four year, uh, obviously, two year uh, student athletes, they don't need to go into the transfer portal. Um, but just to kind of go off of what, you know, Casey said, what Don said, as far as, you know, going somewhere that you're really wanted, uh, but also can you talk a little bit about the transfer portal side of things and, you know, for, for families and, and young men that are evaluating programs and understanding kind of trends that schools um, are, are going towards with transfer players, so on and so forth. Like, just what's your take on that? Yeah, I got one famous line that I've heard tonight, and it's, do your research. (laughs) (laughs) Stealing one out of somebody's book, you know. My gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But no – but no, going off of that, you, you, can, know. you can stop there, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can stop there. That's all needs to be said. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, but again, I'm just kind of going off. It's you know, do your research. You know, go to the website. Go to you know every single roster is listed online, and look at where you know each kid came from, and you know, and it it tells you all the information you need right there. Um, you know, if, do they have, you know, kids that are listed from high schools or are they, you know, junior college heavy or are they transfer heavy? Uh, you know, there's, there's different schools that have different requirements with admissions, um, that allows, you know, schools to recruit a certain way or, you know, coaches preferences. And it's like, you know, if you're a high school kid and you're reaching out to coaches continuously and, you know, they're not showing much interest or putting in a lot of stock, like coach Dill said, then, you know, you're probably not the right fit for them. And that's where, you know, doing your research is saying that, hey, look, you know, they got 40 guys on the roster and, you know, 35 of them are junior college kids or transfers. Uh, then, you know, it just kind of just shows that, you know, that's that's not the, the right place to be kind of reaching out. And you're, you're not really what their mold is. Uh, the transfer portal, you know, kind of what the question was is, it's blowing up more and more, um, you know, of guys kind of getting to situations that, you know, aren't direct fits or they're not in the right opportunity for playing time or whatever the goal was or, you know, whatever the reason may be. And so they're looking to leave. And it's like, you know, the the kind of outlook that a lot of coaches seem to have is, is you know, if we can go in and get a kid that's been in a college program, understands the time management, understands the academics, the practices, and kind of has had some development at the collegiate level of, you know, the game speed changes and stuff. Then all of a sudden, 
you know, they become a little bit more of a high, you know, commodity than, you know, a high school kid that doesn't have proven, you know, college stats or doesn't have a proven college work ethic or, you know, whatever it may be, or being able to make it when they're away from mom and dad. So, you know, doing your research is the biggest thing I recommend. Uh, kind of see what that, you know, what that roster looks like at, you know, that school that you're interested in. And, you know, right there's the, right there's the kind of, you know, tell all for, you know, for your answer for that. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's spot on. Um, so I'm going to bring up one more topic this evening um, for us to talk about, and, and then we'll wrap up uh, for the night. As a former Division One recruiting coordinator at the mid-major level, um, I have been, I personally have been to a lot of Division One institutions within the region that facilities are bigger, better than what that institution that I have represented have had. Um, I think that this can be a bit of a trap for some high school players and families. And I'm curious to hear the takes from our panelists as far as, I don't want to say avoiding the trap of the bells and whistles, so to speak. Um, but more so, like, how do you get down to the nitty gritty? And how do you maybe compare apples to oranges, if you will, um, with different college programs? So um, I'll, I'll start with Coach Bray on this, like, and and you're at a junior college, like I know Casey. You're at a junior college. I know, you know Corey Division Two. Like, how do you differentiate? How do families differentiate between those bells and whistles when they go to when they when they play for one weekend at a Power Five institution? How, how do you differentiate between that school and everything looks great? and the locker room's beautiful, and, and so on and so forth, versus what's the right fit for you? Uh, I, I'm curious to hear. Uh, let's start with Coach Bray. Yeah, definitely. You know, coaching at a junior college my entire life, um, you know, not always, but usually junior colleges don't have a lot of crazy nice facilities, and there definitely is programs that do. Um, but most of the time, it's going to be very basic stuff. You know, uh, when I was at Wabash, uh, you know, Illinois during the winter months, cold weather state, you got to be inside. Well, at the time, our inside was two cages that a player's dad hooked up for us like 10 years prior um, in like a little upstairs area we had in the gym. And that was it. You know, um, now being in College of the Desert, you know, being in Southern California, you know, we don't need indoor cages and we have some nice outdoor facility, outdoor facility stuff. But um, yeah, it doesn't suck there. It doesn't suck. <laughs> you know, um, a lot Casey, of nice you things. can chuckle too because you're there too. It doesn't suck. It doesn't right. suck. It's, right. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think 
it's it's needs to be and, and kind of going back to what we said about the coaching part you know you, you need to go to a program you, you know especially trying to get better and develop and things like that you're going to do that through the coaching staff and the people that are working with you um and not the facilities yeah is it really cool to be able to go hit in an indoor facility with your you know scan your key card your personal key card in there and go hit it 2 a.m sure um but i I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's going to be the coaches that get you better. It's going to be the work that you're putting in. You know, your work ethic is going to get you better. You know, facilities are awesome. And if it's a cherry on top to wherever you're going, that's great. Uh, but at least me personally, like I tell people, facilities don't don't need to be a priority. If they're a priority for you, okay, awesome. I'm not you. You're living your own life. That's fine. But, you know, if you come and ask me what I think is the most important things, facilities is going to be at the very, very bottom of the list. Um, there are plenty of programs, good, e- even Division One schools that don't have the craziest facilities. There's great Division Two schools that don't. Division Three, NAI, JUCO, you know, um, the facilities don't make the player. You know, as everybody says, you know, $400 bat with a $4 swing, right? It's, it, it's kind of the same concept. Um, they're great. They're nice. They're awesome. And I mean, like I said, if, you know, someone wants to donate a turf field, that, that'd be cool. I'd take it. Um, but you know, they're not needed whatsoever. Casey, Corey thoughts. Yeah. I'll add on to that for, for me, man, it's like, what's your goal? Is your goal to play at the nicest field at 18, 19, 20 years old, or, do you have bigger goals beyond that? Is your goal to get the best edu- edu- education? Is your goal to play for the the best coaching staff? Is your goal to set you up, you know, best for your future? Like I, I have never personally considered uh, quality of facilities when making any of my decisions, whether it be as a player, a coach, a manager. To me, it's like give me a baseball field and I'll make stuff happen. I will – I will do what I need to do to progress my career and achieve the goals that I want to achieve. So for me, it's, it's kind of like a mirage. It's, it's not, it is real, but does it help you achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve? Everyone's allowed to have their own goals, but at what point and how does a, a beautiful facility help you achieve that. And, and man, we all want to go to work in a beautiful place and in, in, in a, a, a place where we like going to all that kind of stuff. So there's nothing wrong with wanting to have nice facilities, but does it, does having nice facilities help you achieve what the master goal is or, or, or are you just seeing beautiful pictures and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. So for me, facilities, yeah, we all want nice facilities. We all want a beautiful place to go to work, but we're going to work. And if you have a baseball field to go to work to, man, that 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 is number one, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of anything else, you know. Um, so for me, it was never a consideration. I, you know, I would love to go to work at Yankee Stadium every day, and that's not the case. And I'll go to work at, 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 at any baseball field that would have me, and I'm happy to do it as long as it helps me achieve whatever goal I'm trying to achieve. Corey? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you know, I've never been to a, a place that had a locker room or anything that we have here at GSW until now. And it's like, you know, 
and it was kind of a, a running joke. It's like, you know, the locker room that's your dorm room can teach you the same exact thing of having a, a multi-million dollar facility. And, you know, it's it's the work ethic and the things behind it that, you know, make you better. Um, you know, like these guys said, you know, the, the facilities are nice to have, but if you don't want to work or you don't want to use them, there's nothing to be had for them. Um, you know, you can, you can play on any, you know, playing surface, you can play, you know, get extra swings at any place. If it's important to you, you'll do it. Um, you know, and that's what I kind of think is, you know, how important it is, is how hard you're willing to work or how, uh, how much you're willing to, you know, sacrifice and stuff. But, you know, the facility is kind of the bottom of the totem pole, in my opinion. I think it looks good on the front side. And if that's, you know, what's important to you, if, you know, sending pictures to your friends or whatever, then, you know, I kind of question, you know, what's your, your true goal and what you, you know, what you're intending to get out of playing at the collegiate level. Yep. And I was, I, I will say that I have been very lucky. I've been very fortunate um, personally. Uh, to be around a lot of players from a lot of different backgrounds. And I, I think that one of the most uh, impactful things um, in young men that I've ever been around was a young man from Venezuela who, um, you know, when he sent us his recruiting video, he was, uh, as our head coach at, at the time said, he was taking ground balls on a dog track. Um, there, there were rocks and stones and you know what, he, he went out there and he performed and he came to our place in Virginia and, um, it, it was, it was like Yankee stadium to him. And, uh, but he embraced everything as though he was still in Venezuela and he had the same work ethic every day and the ball hit his glove in the, it, the, the same place in his in his glove every single day in the pocket like it just uh it was it was very refreshing that he went from you know one area to another and his mindset did not change and and that that was you know, wherever he was, he was going to be the best player that he could be. And and that was very refreshing. He didn't care about any of the auxiliary uh, things that came into play. It was it was all about him being on the field and he was going to make the best that of himself that he could be on the field. So, um, no, I, I agree with with everybody here on the panel um, as far as, you know, when it comes down to it the lights, the scoreboards, all that sort of stuff. Like that it, it, it really doesn't matter what what matters the most is what you are able to do in between the white lines. And um you know, going out there and doing it consistently and enjoying what you're doing and having fun doing it and then having passion for what you're what you're doing uh when you're out there. So um with that um, we, you know, we've covered, uh, pretty much everything that we have or everything that we've wanted to cover here, uh, with our, our space on finding the right fit. We spent a lot of time on, on the baseball side of things, but hopefully, um, with the other aspects of the college decision and, uh, search process. Um, we've provided some, some insight here this evening. Uh, again, it, it's just to provide insight based on our experience. Um, and, and hopefully that we've done that. So, um, just closing thoughts, uh, we'll go in reverse order here. 
Coach Gardner, then Coach Bray, then Coach Dill, and and we'll wrap up for the evening. Um, Coach Gardner, anything in closing that uh, that you'd like to for our listeners to hear? Yeah, no. Uh, the biggest thing I you know recommend to kids is you know sit down and you know meet with your parents, meet with whoever's important, and start really listing out what's important to you, what's not. And make sure you kind of have a set list. And as you're kind of going through, uh, you know, stay true to that list as much as possible to to find that right home. And, you know, the best thing is, is, you know, sit there and do your homework, you know, communicate as much as possible and, and, you know, do everything you can to set yourself up. Uh, The last thing you want to do is find something that, you know, was, uh, was hidden from you or you didn't look up and stuff. So, you know, the biggest thing is, is make sure you have that list and make sure you hold true to make sure you find somewhere that you're happy with. All right. Thank you very much, Corey. Coach Bray, one line, do it. (laughs) Do your research. Do your (laughs) research. (laughs) Yep. Nailed it. (laughs) No, it, it, any any elaboration on that, that that you want to throw into, or did, did you sum it all up in that one? <laughs> no, um, definitely. You know, it's uh, look, the, there's a spot for everybody. You know, uh, the right fit is out there for you. You know, it's it can most likely it's going to be at a school that maybe you don't even know of. You know, there's so many good programs out there. There's so many good coaches out there, uh, looking for dudes, looking for people, guys. You know, uh. Do your research, man, because, uh, you know, there's a a right fit for everyone. Yeah, well said. Yeah, I'll I'll say this, and and this is something that happens a lot, um, especially in high school baseball, is this is what you don't want to do. We talked about, you know, things all night tonight about what you should look for, and I'll I'll close it up on, on what you shouldn't do. Don't pigeonhole yourself by saying I'm a D1 guy, I'm a D2 guy, I'm an NAIA guy, I'm a JUCO guy. That if if you start with that, you're already looking at all of the wrong things. You're already excluding all of the things that we just talked about: academics, geographic location, baseball program, um, you know, financials. If, if if you say I'm this guy or I'm that guy or I'm this division or I'm that division, you are already pigeonholing yourself and you're not giving yourself a fair chance at, at, at trying to truly find what the right fit is. So don't get caught up in the, you know, the high school bleacher popularity contest in the, in the stands or in the dugout. None of that stuff really matters. You think it matters at the time, but the truth is it doesn't. And focus on the things that we did talk about tonight that you should be looking at and do not focus on this division, that division. None of that stuff truly matters, you know, um, in finding the right fit and doing what's best for you for your future moving forward. Coach Pugh, you there? Yeah, I am. I uh, muted myself. I apologize. Um, Coach Gardner, Coach Bray, Coach Dill, just want to say thank you. Your guys' insight is always invaluable um, in these discussions. And as as we talk about, uh, you know, 
just everything that, that we've been on about. Um, I really don't have anything to, to add uh, to what those three guys have said. Um, it, it ultimately comes down to what's right for you as the player, as the family. Um, and, and you're the only ones that really know what that is. So um, there's discussion that needs to happen with your family. Um, there's evaluation that needs to happen with uh, you as a player and, and what you're really looking for. And um, it, it ultimately, you want to get this right the first time that you go through the process. Um, the transfer portal can be a very, very, very difficult thing to navigate. So do everything you can to get this right the first time. And, um, you know, it's a cliche, I know, to say that uh, what you do for four years translates into the next 40 years. Uh, but it is true. There, there's, there's truth to that. And um, just, uh, just want to make sure that, you know, we're here to provide insight to help folks get on the right path to getting it right the first time. So with that, um, one again, thank all of our panelists for joining us this evening. And um, we hope that something that you have heard this evening um, has provided some insight, has provided some guidance um, through this process. Um, if you think that there is something that someone you know should or uh, may want to hear, feel free. Please retweet this space. We are recording this. Uh, I should have said that at the beginning. We are recording this, and uh, that will be available. Uh, feel free to record it and, and favorite it um, so that you know friends, family members, whomever um, can listen, and uh, hopefully they can take something away from it also. Um, with that, this is Brian Pugh from uh, from Sports Force Baseball, and want to thank everybody for joining us this evening. Uh, wish everybody a great uh, rest of their Tuesday night and great rest of the week. And we will be back with you soon. Uh, keep uh, keep watching the Sports Force Baseball uh, Twitter uh, site, or I'm sorry, Twitter handle, um, as, to see what um, topics will be coming up next. And uh, we will be back with you soon. So. Thanks to everybody. Have a great rest of the night, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for being part of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast and our partner, Five Tool Baseball. You can easily subscribe on iTunes and check us out online at Sports Force Baseball for every past episode of our podcast. If you want to ask questions, share insights, and recommend future guests, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at SportsForceBB and Facebook under SportsForce Baseball. Be sure to join us on our next episode of the Realities of College Recruiting podcast. And remember, your college decision isn't a four-year one, it's a 40-year one.